Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What You're Reading. If you've figured it out by now, um, we'll get to all the book fun in just a few minutes, but let's have a, a little chit-chat in the meantime. So, you know that I record on Friday. Um, my Friday morning started out just lovely. I get up really early to go and walk my dog, and then I come back and I do another walk just by myself, you know, going my own speed and not having to stop every two steps for him to sniff a bush. Um, but anyway, so I get up really early and I get, you know, dressed in my workout clothes, usually just with like a lamp on in my room instead of all the lights on in the, in the morning. And I didn't realize that I put my workout shirt on inside out and backwards. I mean, that takes some real skill. I figured it out more than two hours later once I got everything done, came back, had breakfast, went to go get changed, and realized what I'd been wearing all that time. Luckily, it's chilly enough in the morning that I've been wearing a jacket during the walks, so, you know, nobody saw that my shirt was inside out and backwards, so there's that, I suppose, but that's how my Friday morning started out. Um, I suppose it can only go better from there, I hope. I mean, I hope it doesn't go downhill from there. Um, so that's that's been my morning. It's been kind of a rainy morning again, so uh, fall is definitely here. Um, our mountains have already started to get a little bit of snow. We won't probably won't get any down here in my town, I hope, for at least another month, hopefully longer, but um, Utah weather it's happened in October before, so I wouldn't be terribly surprised, but uh, I'd prefer if it was like November, December, or never. Never would also be good. I don't really like the cold. Don't like the summer heat. I'm picky that way. Um, <laughs> so, Twitter conversations. What awesome Twitter conversations were there this week? I'm kind of drawing a blank. I mean, I'm sure I had some. I know I had some. I'm always on Twitter, but... Um, Nothing's really standing out as, like, anything spectacular or particularly funny to mention. I hope... Wait, hold on. There was one. Um, I started it late at night because I was scrolling through Tumblr. So it's not connected to romance novels, although it could apply to them because I think we've all come across this little issue in some romance novels. So I was scrolling through Tumblr. Tumblr is awesome. I love Tumblr. But Tumblr can also require bleach sometimes. It just, it can, okay? I, I follow a lot of not safe for work, I'll be honest, porn gifts and blogs and stuff on there. I've got my own not safe for work porn blog on there. I can leave a link for that below if you wish to go check that out in your free time when, you know, no one is looking over your shoulder. Um, but anyway, so I was scrolling through my Tumblr and I came across a very, you know, not safe for work gif, um, gif, gif, whoever, however you wish to say it, I'm not going to get into that, um, debate, <laughs> and anyway, you know, they had posted, like, a little mini story beneath it, some people do that, and it was just a crazy little line, because the person, the author, whoever that wrote it, um, mentions that the guy was, his dick was hitting her cervix to fill her up her womb. And I was like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Keep your dick out of the cervix. It can't get in there anyway. But if you touch that part, it hurts. Okay? It's not a fun experience. So keep your dick out of the cervix. Learn how the body works. And just, just know. 
mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. So we had that conversation. I can link to that below. There was a few, um, you know, silly and fun replies, like always, because, I mean, my Twitter is, my Twitter's sometimes kind of awesome. Sometimes it's very random and boring, but sometimes it's pretty awesome. Um, what else this week? Oh, if you, um, you know, if you're in the romance community, you might have heard that uh, Passion Flicks, well, it started the 1st of September, right? But the first movie of theirs um, came out this week. So Passion Flicks is a production company, movie production company, that is geared towards taking romance novels and turning them into movies. Um, so their first movie that just came out this week is Hollywood Dirt. Um, I have not read the book. Um, I might have to. I have also not got a membership to Passion Flicks yet to watch the movie. I probably will, but honestly, I might wait until they've got a few more movies, um, you know, so later this year, uh, before I get a membership, even though I think the membership is $6.99 a month, and you can cancel any time, and that's great and everything, but, you know, I just, I have to watch my, you know, my budget, and even for just $6.99, you know, for one movie, I don't know, I might wait until they've got at least one other one on the site, and then, you know, jump in and watch them both. Anyway, um, so I want to know, have you already joined Passion Flicks? Have you watched this movie? Have you read this book? You know, let us let us know what you think. I will say this, and I brought this up on Twitter. I really hope that Passion Flicks does not follow the default of uh, being white and cis and het for all their authors and the romances that they're picking up and producing. Because, no, you guys, mm-mm, nope, that's not, that's not gonna fly, that's not, that's not what romance Landia should be, um, I mean, yes, we have the problem with that is far too often what it is in big mainstream publishing, but it's not what it should be, it's not what it can be, it's not what it, uh, needs to be, and I don't want to see that being repeated with a movie production company that is trying to, you know, deliver and cater to romance readers. I want to see that that diversity there. Um, that that's, that's necessary. So, you know, they just did, one of the directors and co-founders of Passion Flicks just did a interview with Sarah from Smart Bitches, uh, which went up today. I will link to that podcast as well. And Sarah did ask that question about whether, you know, there was going to be queer and, um, you know, queer romances and that, basically, that was going to be turned into movies. And she kind of said, well, yeah, of course, well, we want to do everything, um, but we don't have any option yet. And you guys, here's the thing. If you start any company, but we're talking about a form of media here, if you start a media company with the... Uh, with white cishet authors and romances, and then you say that you haven't yet had the time or whatever to option more diverse authors and titles, um, but you will, you know, quote soon. You hope to soon. Uh, you guys, you're already you're already doing it wrong. I'm I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be blunt, and I don't give a single fuck. You're already doing it wrong. You. You you should be sticking, you know, because by doing that, you're sticking to the default of being white, of being cisgender, of being heterosexual. And fuck that. We've got that going all over through the world, and it needs to stop. So if you're going to create something like that, 
you need to be starting, um, you know, hitting the ground running, already trying to fight that, not complying with that default and saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be open to it, you know, hopefully sometime in the future. Uh, to me, that sounds like, oh, we just haven't found any that we want to make into a movie. As if they're, like, not good enough, there's not enough of them. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is just, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> um, but my point is just, you know, if you're going to start something like this, honestly, you should have started um, with a true diverse variety and not just, oh, yeah, we'll be open to other options later on down the road. Uh, you know, stay tuned. Like, no, you're going to kick off such a, a big project that so many romance readers would love to see, right? We want to see these books that we adore and that that are, we're constantly being told that they don't matter and whatnot, we want to see them in movie form too. And if Hollywood's not going to do it, then, you know, a small um, production company like that that's catering to it, that's great too. We want that. But we want that for all the romances, not just for, you know, two white men, a white man and a white woman falling in love, basically, right? We want romances that show... Um, true diversity that we see in our life that we want to read about and it's it's out there there's not enough of it and it's not always being um, given the the spotlight and the recognition and the respect that it should um, romance landia has its flaws we could go into a whole conversation about that we almost do I swear every week right but um, my point is there is great diversity out there in Romance Landia right now. There is no reason why a movie production company that wants to cater to Romance Landia could not start out by finding other films besides just, um, you know, some contemporaries from white cishet authors about white cishet um, couples. So I'm I'm hopeful. Okay, I want to be hopeful that they will indeed come through with other, um, you know, with with being diverse, with being inclusive. I'm hopeful for that. But I'm just going to say right now, the fact that this is how they wanted to start it off, um, when you know that stuff like this is planned for, you know, months and years in advance before it ever launches for us to see the site and whatnot. Um, the fact that this is how they cared to start it off, it kind of dims my hope a little bit. It doesn't take it away completely. I, I want to be optimistic, but um, I'm just saying, Passion Flicks, please, please do better, okay? Please do better than just saying, we'll be open to it and we hope to option something in the future. Um, that's that's not good enough, okay? That, that's kind of what I have to say. Um, but remember, if you have already watched the movie or read Hollywood Dirt, which is the first movie that they've put out, um, let us know. I know that their next one is supposed to be a Sylvia Day one, right? Aftershock, Afterburn. I've not read it, but... Um, and then the next movie around the holidays will be a Jill Chavez, uh, the something in the trouble with mistletoe. <laughs> I'm horrible at titles that I have not read, you guys. But anyway, I, I will keep an eye on them, and I'd like to, you know, see these movies, but still, you need to do better. Not just passion flicks, but like the entire genre and really the entire world. But, you know, that's a conversation for another time. Um, what else? What else? Okay, I'm sorry. One more quick little note and we'll move into the books, I swear. So, this is a little um, business reminder, I suppose, for any romance authors that are listening. If you would like to do uh, an ad 
on the podcast here, get a hold of me, okay? We can we can discuss pricing and details and all that, and I'll give you more information. We can come up with dates. Um, just send me an email. Now, I will say, of course, this is a a really new podcast, and my blog, while it is not new at all, um, is a very small blog. I, I totally know that. But that also means the good news to that part is I am also cheap as hell. So, you know, you could theoretically probably afford to do a little bit of advertising either on the blog, which we do advertising on there, or offer it, um, or on the podcast. So, you know, basically, if you're interested, uh, send me an email. Um, I will leave the contact information um, in this post. But uh, yeah, just get a hold of me if you're interested in teaming up. So um, I think that's it. I know I've rambled a lot here. So let's move into what I read for the week of September 17th. So I read four books. Okay, well, actually, I read three books. And then this morning, I finally decided to DNF my current book, um, We'll get to that in a few minutes. Or, you know, knowing my rambling, we'll get to that book in probably like 30 minutes. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. I'm really not. So, the first book that I finished was um, An Unsuitable Heir by K.J. Charles. That one comes out October 3rd. It is a historical M.M. Um, I ended up giving this one three and a half stars. I kind of bumped between three stars and four stars and then back down to three and a half and there's there's some reasons for that so this is the third book in the series um, I only read book two and then this one I have not yet read book one that's simply because I am a horrible reader about um, you know following an order I basically go with what do I have on my Kindle what do I have you know for review or from the library or whatever so um, that's why I haven't read book one yet. Anyway, this is book three. Um, I would say it's probably best read in order, at least at least book two and then book three, because you will understand the um, overall plot arc that is going from book one to book three. Um, so this resolves that arc. Uh, so this is a story of Penn, who is a trapeze artist uh, with alongside his twin sister. Um, he is also... And this is the term, I guess, that uh, a lot of us readers have put for him because it's not mentioned in the book um, by name because of, you know, the historical time frame. This really wasn't a thing. Um, but Penn is basically non-binary. So he doesn't feel that he is necessarily a man. He doesn't feel like he is a woman. Um, so he is kind of, others have suggested maybe gender fluid or gender, gender queer, excuse me. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I don't know enough... Uh, to speak on any of those to say which one he, you know, would more likely use if he was, uh, you know, had an option to use these uh, modern day labels. I mean, obviously, these identities were around in historical time. If you don't believe that, I mean, you know, hello, wake up, they were. Um, it's just that they didn't necessarily have the same, um, you know, words and labels that we hear more of today. Um, so anyway, yeah, he is... For the sake of simplicity, I suppose, um, I will say that he's non-binary. Um, and of course, if I am incorrect, you know, please, please correct me. I'm, I'm more than happy to admit when I am wrong. Um, Mark is pansexual, or I'm, I don't know, maybe you could call him bi. Again, it's not labeled on page, but 
basically he has, um, you know, he's been attracted to many different people. Um, he's not attracted to him because of their gender. He's attracted to him because of who they are, you know, as a person individually. So, um, he, Mark was also born without part of his one arm. Um, and he is an inquiry agent. So basically he's a private investigator, which is how he meets up with Penn. Penn is the, um, long lost heir to an earldom. I'm pretty sure that was the title that he was supposed to be. Uh, and that's, again, that's part of the whole plot from all these books, so I won't go into a whole lot about that. Um, but yeah, you know, this one, I adored, I adored these two together. Um, and I honestly kind of wanted more time spent on their relationship than some of the plot stuff. I mean, I kind of, at times half-heartedly skimmed some of the plot stuff because I just wanted to know more about these two together. Um, that being said, I felt like I wanted a lot more from Mark's character. I thought his character was kind of weak and underdeveloped and I didn't feel like I got enough from him to fully understand and connect to him um, as much as I did Penn. But, you know, as much as I did like a lot of this, um, Charles's writing is, is great. Uh, if you've read any of it, you'll know I'm talking about just a lovely um a lovely writing voice and style I suppose and the problem is why it, I knocked it down on my rating um is actually because the portrayal of um portrayal not betrayal the portrayal of uh both the non-binary and disabled um rep was problematic. And a lot of this was stuff that was pointed out to me um, later through a review that I read from um, Corey Alexander. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. You really, excuse me, I follow them. <laughs> that was my mistake for misgendering um, Corey. I follow them on Twitter. You really should as well. Um, they always have a lot of great things to say and I've learned a lot um, and I continue to and I've, I I learned to listen. It's not so much about um, me putting forth my thoughts on the topic that's being discussed. It is about uh, me just listening and learning. So anyway, I will link to um, Corey's review of this book where they point out a lot of, um, in great detail, a lot of the problems with how Penn's um, identity is uh, you know, is handled, how the sex is handled, which kind of felt very, um, you know, othering, like it was trying to um, fetishize, I suppose, uh, how the whole story of him, of Penn needing to, you know, uh, if it's being threatened that he needs to change his ways and become just a regular old guy that is going to, you know, be part of the uh, London society or whatever, how that is very harmful to someone who, um, you know, doesn't feel like they fit on the binary as it is, and that has a hard time trying to, uh, trying to, you know, find their identity and be who they are and, you know, their body and mind telling them two different things. And Penn has a lot of body, uh, dysmorphia. I probably just used the wrong term, didn't I? Shit, I was going to look that up too and put it in my notes. I apologize if I am totally talking out of my hat there. But he basically, you know, has times where he doesn't feel like the body that he's in necessarily matches how he feels um, 
you know, his identity is. It doesn't always match up. So anyway, uh, Corey's, seriously, Corey's review is fantastic at showing or telling why, um, why a lot of the things in this book that I honestly didn't even necessarily pick up on or understand how to, um, you know, unpack, uh, their problems for. Corey does that and it really got me to thinking more about the books because even though I, I did enjoy it, uh, upon seeing a review from, um, you know, an own voice review from a non-binary disabled romance reader, um, it, it just opened my eyes to the things that I did not see as a problem when I first read it, but now I'm seeing, you know, what what really should have been done different or even, you know, not touched on at all or whatever um, in this book. So, as I said before, I will leave a link to that review. Um, it will explain it a lot better than my rambling is, and, you know, it's... Things like this, it's when we really need to listen to readers who are telling us this thing is problematic and harmful to, um, you know, to this marginalized group that identifies this way. Um, this is a good example of listening to um, listening to readers uh, when they speak up and say that. So I, I do like this one. I do like this series. But um, if you're going to read it, I just want you to, to understand that it is... Uh, it is problematic, okay? I that's that's the thing, and and you know, know that going in. If that's going to be triggering to you, or or even if it's not, just know that so that you're not, um, you know, you're not perpetuating the the ignorance, I suppose. Um, and that's that's kind of all I have to say. Like I says, I will link to the review that I'm talking about and read through it for a lot better explanation on this. Pause. So my next book that I finished was my audiobook, uh, which was The Spy Master's Lady by Joanna Bourne. The narrator was Kirsten Potter, and I ended up giving this one four stars. Um, and the narration, I'd probably say maybe even four and a half stars from the narration. I really loved the narrator for this. So this is a story of Anique. I might be butchering her name because it's French. Um, and, you know, I listened to her name all through this audiobook. I have no... I have no excuse other than basic white girl that apparently is horrible at remembering names, um, or how to pronounce them, I should say. So, um, Anique is a French spy. She's been doing it for most of her life. Um, I think she's only maybe in her young, early 20s, I think. I don't know if an age was ever said, but she's been doing it since she was a child. Um, she was working alongside her mother, who was also a famous spy for France. Um, Gray, uh... That's actually his last name, but that's what most people call him during the course of the book. His first name is Robert. But Gray is a British spymaster. They meet up while they're both being um, held prisoners uh, in France. And they end up escaping together, even though, you know, technically they're enemies. Um, so you've got kind of this enemies-to-lover thing going on. There's a lot of plot that I won't get into that's going through it. Um, a lot of, you know, secrets and that that comes out. Uh, a lot of espionage and um, whatever that's all going on. So, I thought this was a really entertaining story. And like I said, especially with this narrator. Potter is a does a fantastic performance here. She did a great job with the different voices. And especially with all the different accents that came into play. Um, you know, a lot of them are spies. So, besides the accents that, you know, normally she is French, they're British. Well, as spies, they're also, um, it's common for them to obviously take on other 
personas for a job or whatever and they'd always be changing up their accents to be this or that. So the narration, like I said, is excellent and I definitely recommend this on audio if you're going to do it. Um, as to the story and, and the romance and that, I admit I liked their dynamic um, early on but felt like it lost some of its potency in the latter half of the book. Um, the same with um, Anique. I felt like she was, you know, really being just awesome and kick-ass in the first part of the book, and then she kind of went and fell, um, well, kind of flat and even somewhat weak in the latter part of the book, and that was just really disappointing to see that happen. Um, so there was some unevenness, I suppose, in the uh, romance and the story and the characters and whatnot, but overall it was a really good one. However, I'd have to say my biggest problem with this one was the tr the use of the whole uh, she's temporarily blind and then that's suddenly fixed and okay, moving on, her life is awesome now because she's not, um, you know, she's not disabled. So that was just, uh, that pissed me off. You guys can't even imagine how much that pissed me off. So she uh, had a head injury while she was, you know, doing one of her jobs, and it made her lose her vision. And um, I think she only maybe had it, lost it for less than a year before the start of the book, maybe. And she, you know, had to get used to going about her life and still being a, you know, fantastic spy while blind, which was all great. I was excited for that. And then a little bit further into the book, like we're talking, I would say still within the first one-fourth, maybe less of the book, um, she ends up, something happens, she ends up hitting her head again, and she wakes up a few minutes later, and magically, she can see. Her vision's fine. She has no problem with, like, getting readjusted to her vision, being back. I, I am, like, side-eyeing the hell out of that part. Um, if you went without your vision for any reason for a while, and then it comes back, you're not going to jump up and be seeing 20-20 all around you. Like, you're going to have problems with, like, hand-eye coordination, with death depth perception with just your vision in general like all of that but no this is this is magical romance landia so she jumps up and she's fine and dandy goes on with the rest of her life literally it is never brought up again about how she um is no longer blind she's got her vision back perfectly it's just like she was blind she was fixed and now the story can actually start because now she deserves a happily ever after or some shit i don't know this happens far too often um and it is it's wrong. Stop doing that, authors. If you're going to have a blind uh, character in your book, A, make sure that it is, um, you know, accurate and you've had it go through a sensitivity reader for uh, a blind person or visually impaired or whatever your specific character's uh, disability is. Um, and then make sure that you're not framing it as if they can't have a happily ever after until they are somehow fixed of this disability. Like, just just stop with that. So that was, like, one of my first main issues was when that was brought in and then magically cured and kicked aside and there was never a mention of it again. Like, literally never a mention. Once she wakes up with her vision, nothing. No mention of it by anyone. Not even the people, the few people that knew she was blind and now they see she can see. Nope, that's that's never even brought up. Just, oh, hey, welcome back. You can see again. Great. Let's Let's continue, you know running for our lives or whatever. I just, that pissed me off. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. And then there was another part that really pissed me off, and I tweeted about this one. Um, but there was the line from Grey after they had first slept together. She was a virgin, okay? 
And he's looking at her as she's, you know, kind of all tousled haired and, you know, post-orgasm glow or whatever, which, you know, okay. And uh, he's thinking, he doesn't say this out loud, but this is his, you know, internal um, dialogue or whatever. But he says, quote, she looked altogether like a woman who had just given her virginity to someone. Excuse me? What the fuck? Excuse me. This is not, you know, him saying she looked like someone who just rolled out of bed, which, okay, I could get that, or someone who looked like she'd just been fucked, okay, I could get that line, but she looked like someone who had just given her virginity? I'm sorry, I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know that losing your maidenhead magically put a scarlet letter across your face. I didn't know that his dick breaking her seal magically transformed her into someone else. And, for the record, I'm aware that there is no breaking of the seal, um, but unfortunately, that is how most of society views virginity, and even how, far too often, most of Romancelandia views virginity, which is all bullshit, and that could be a whole other discussion, and it almost is a discussion constantly somewhere in Romancelandia. But anyway, that whole thing? Mm -mm. Nope. I'm side-eyeing you, Gray. What the hell was that? Um, despite... I'm trying to think. Nope, that's all of my notes. Despite those, you know, couple little things, well, weren't quite so little, I guess, because I got worked up about them. But um, despite that, I really did enjoy this one. I uh, definitely recommend it to fans of historical romance, um, especially if you like, you know, spies and espionage and, and plots like that. I think you will love this. And again, I highly recommend it on audio because the narrator um, does a fantastic job truly bringing the story to life. It was just a joy to listen to. It was very easy to... Um, get caught up in it, um, you know, not getting, my mind wasn't, uh, my mind wasn't wandering or something while I was listening to this, which, you know, sometimes happens with either a story or a narrator. Um, that was not the case here. Um, and I will definitely, I think, will be reading the rest of this series. My library did finally get all the other books in, I noticed. Um, and I'll probably continue it on audio because it's the same narrator for them as well. Because I'm definitely curious about some of the other men that, um, Gray works with that's, you know, also spies and whatnot. So, um, I'll have to see if the other books are just as good or, you know, what. So from there, I moved on to In Her Court by Tamsin Parker. This one comes out on September 29th. Um, it, I ended up giving this one four and a half stars, so it'll be a September royal pick. So this one is a an FF, a female-female romance, um, between Willa, who is a geologist student. Um, she is even thinking about perhaps going into teaching for that field after she's done with her current degree. She plays tennis. She almost could have went pro if she wanted, but that was, you know, really not what she uh, wished to do with her life, but she's really good at it regardless. Um, so she's obviously very sporty. Um, she's also, you know, pretty feminine. feminine. Um, and she... I, it's never said on page, but I am assuming she is bi because um, she has dated men in the past, and even though she's just now starting to move towards women, I didn't. It didn't come across as um, as like her, you know, being turned off by guys now or something. And I could be misreading that. It just didn't come across that way. So I'm therefore assuming that she would identify as bi or pan or um, you know similar. She is going to fall for Van, which is short for Evangeline. Van is a physics professor. Um, she's also, therefore, a little bit older. Van is, I think, 32. Willa's 23 or 22. Um, Van is the best friend to Nate. Nate is Willa's older brother. So, yeah, there we go. We've got the we've got the best friends little sister trope going on there. Um, so, Van is also like quite nerdy and geeky. Um, like she's 
collects a lot of um, you know, fan memorabilia and fandom memorabilia, I should say, um, Star Wars and, I don't know, like, Ghostbuster stuff and just a lot of stuff like that. She was very much a little, you know, nerdy, nerdy heroine. Um, of course, Willa kind of was a little bit too, but, um, Van more so. So the two of them, uh, meet up again. I mean, because... Because Van is the best friend to Nate, they obviously, you know, grew up together, but because of the age difference in that, it's not like Willa was, um, you know, very good friends with Van. It's just that she was around a lot. She knows her. She grew up with her, but they were never really friends like um, Van and Nate were, obviously. So anyway, these two meet up again for the story um, at a summer camp um, for adults that um, Van is there as, like, the web tech for the company, um, while Willa is filling in for Nate, who was going to be a tennis teacher there, and he broke his leg, he's out, and Willa decides to step in because her, um, research trip for, you know, her geologist thing ended up falling through for that summer anyway, so it all worked out that she could step in. Um, and of course they end up being roommates, uh, at the cabin, and, you know, things go from there. <laughs> so this one is a very low conflict and low angst story, um, which I am fine with. Like, that was just what I needed right now. Sometimes, you know, I, I do want something more deep and complex and whatnot and, and emotionally, you know, ripping my heart out or whatever. But I was happy having this more, um, just feel good read, you know. So I definitely would recommend it for that reason alone. If you are kind of over the whole, you know, high angst thing and you want something a little bit lighter and fun, this will fit the bill, definitely. Um, there's so many cute moments in this one between these two. It was just, it just made me smile and it just made me all warm and fuzzy inside. Like they do a Star Wars cosplay um, while they're, they're trying to brainstorm ideas for a um, an event they need to do there for the summer camp. And anyway, they decide to do a marathon of watching Star Wars in their cabin. And they decide to get all dressed up, and Van is dressed up as, um, oh, shit. As uh, Solo, Han Solo. I swear, I have seen Star Wars, you guys, but I am, I'm kind of off my game. Um, Van is dressed up as Han Solo, and Willa dresses up as Leia, um, not as the, you know, bikini, not as a slave girl bikini. She's dressed up in, like, the flowing white dress type of thing. Yeah, that one. And, um, of course, their cosplay and watching movies turns into, you know, making out on the couch and stuff. But it was just, it was cute <laughs> until it was sexy. But then there was also, like, another kind of heartfelt moment towards the end when Van has to do her apology and groveling and the location she picks and the things she says, it was just, it was perfect for him. Um, so there was a lot of cute moments. There was some fun moments, you know, with their nerdy geekiness and their kind of just, I love their dynamics. I just love this one. It was also sexy as hell. So you had some fun times in the hot springs, you had some fun times in the shower, and in the cabin, and there was also some fun times with the vibrator. I mean, there was a lot, a lot of just all-around good sexy times going on here. So, A-plus on that. Um, I loved that Nate, um, you know, they were worried that, of course, Nate would have an issue with them being together. Um, but I love that in the end, when they finally tell him, he's just like, okay, cool. 
well, just don't, you know, don't hurt each other because you guys are both important to me. And I don't want to see, you know, I don't want to see you hurt each other when if this falls apart, if something happens or whatever. But he was just, he was good about it. And I want more of that, okay? I want more of the brothers or, you know, whatever, not feeling like, like they have to step up and be like this overprotective dickhead about their sister or whatever, okay? Like, just not so much of that. But Nate, in general, I really loved his character, and I found out that, yes, he is going to get his own story, um, but it won't be out until, like, next June, which, oh no, that's so long to wait, but I guess I can make do. I mean, you know, it's not like I don't have 20 million other books waiting in the lineup from other authors and series and whatever, so I guess I'll make do, but I'm excited that he's going to get a book. Really excited. Um, so, yeah, I think my only complaint with this one was I felt like the ending... Um, was kind of rushed. I wanted to see more time on page with them, um, you know, working out their careers and their dreams and their relationship plans and the fact that at that point, neither one of them were living um, in the same area. They were like literally on opposite ends of the country, I believe. And so trying to get the logistics of that figured out and still following each of their dreams without compromising. Like I wanted to see more of that on page to, to fully believe and, um, you know, be happy with their well, happy with their happily ever after. So I that would be my only complaint, is that that kind of just, you know, they kind of talk about they're going to work it out and, you know, kiss, kiss, and right off into the sunset and there's the end of the book type of thing. And I wanted some more time with them, um, you know, figuring all that stuff out, like in an epilogue or whatever at the end. Otherwise, this was seriously a great book. I mean, I just, I loved it. I highly recommend it. And the cover for it is so cute as well. So, yeah, definitely recommend. Kind of... <laughs> while we're talking about it, like, literally, you guys, this is only the second, second FF romance that I have read in nearly, like, 15 years or so that I've been reading romance. This is the second one. I've read a few others that have, um, you know, that have some FF action going on, but it's just, you know, for, like, a menage or it's part of a, um, you know, part of a, another triad or something relationship, but it's not an actual you know, one woman, one <laughs> follows for another woman type of romance. Anyway, my point is, I cannot believe that this is only the second one. That's wrong. I can believe it. And I think it comes down to, and I'll keep this brief because this is another thing I could go into a whole other discussion on trying to unpack, but I think it comes down to me having a lot of, like many people, I'm sure, um, thank you, fuck you, society, um, having a lot of internalized um, messages that, like, you know, no, no, this book is not for me because I'm not queer, I'm not a lesbian, I'm not, you know, bi, you know, whatever, so why should I be reading about two women? But, like, fuck that, read about whatever, love is love, right? That's that's the whole thing that we all try to, tagline we all try to say, well, then follow through with it. There is literally no shame in reading about whatever pairing, okay? Like, and I'm trying to tell myself that. I don't know why I listened to that for so many years of my life, but I'm trying to tell myself, no, there's there's no shame in reading this book or that book or whatever book. Read all the books. Get all the happily ever afters. Read about all the sexy times. It's all good. So that's what I'm going to do. And so I guess my thing is, if you have some recommendations for your favorite um, FF romances, um, literally any subgenre, I, I'm not really particular. Um, I don't know. I read mostly contemporary lately, but that's like, I have nothing against any others and I do jump around to other genres, but it seems like the last couple of years, like I read more contemporary than anything else. Anyway, if you have recommendations, 
for any um, FF romance that you really love, let me know because I really do want to try and read more um, than just, you know, the two that I've read. And I've enjoyed the two that I have read, but two out of like 20 million over the course of 15 years, bad, bad TBQ. I'll, I'll give myself a slap on the wrist in case you were wanting to do it. Um, so anyway, the last book was the one I mentioned at the first that I ended up DNFing. So the book I'm talking about is Hot for the Scott by Janice uh, Maynard. This was a library book that I picked up on Overdrive. Um, I bet you can guess why I picked it up. Hint, it has Scott in the title. Um, I'm all about Scotland, Scottish heroes. That's my jam. So I thought, well, I'll try this one. And hey, it was, you know, it was available. There's no wait list. <sighs> you guys, this morning I finally just decided, nope, gotta face the facts. And I DNF'd it at about, I don't know, maybe 45%, maybe 50%. I just, no. Um, it's, first of all, it's first POV from the heroine only. And what I've come, I don't have a thing against first POV. I know some people really don't like that format. I don't have a problem with it, but I've come to realize that I like it. It works best for me if I'm getting dual first point of view. So I need to have both both part of the couple, both characters. Um, I need to have their, you know, chapters, their point of view in there. And this was entirely all just from her. So that that might have been, you know, a little bit of it because I never did feel like I was going to get anything from him, obviously. But so this story um, is about Haley, who is a teacher at a private school. And she is obsessed with Outlander. I mean, that is repeated like 21 million times in the 45% of the book that I've read. She loves Outlander. She watches Outlander. Everything is based on Outlander and Jamie and Claire. And like, and it's, it's not just like it's referenced, like, you know, subtly for us to pick up that, hey, that's the, that's the show she's talking about or that's the book she's talking about. No, like it's repeated by name, referenced as a show, referenced as a book that she loved, referenced by, you know, the characters, the actors, or whatever, and it's just, after the first couple times, which was just on the first couple pages, it's like, okay, I get it, calm down, we get what you're talking about, we get why you love it, you know, move on, give us something more. I felt like that's the only thing that I knew about her, or her drive, or her, um, you know, just her as a character, is that she was obsessed with Outlander, and she told us 21 million ways. That was it. That was all I got from her. So anyway, she takes this month-long trip um, to Scotland. Uh, not, she takes it with her two friends, but they're all going their own separate ways. Once they, you know, once their plane lands there in Scotland, they all go their own ways for the month, and they'll meet up at the end of the month and fly back home. Um, they're also supposed to be using, you know, no phone or internet while they're there. It's supposed to be all having an adventure or whatever. Um, you know, they can use the phone like an emergency, and they're supposed to, like, check it once a night to see if there's any messages being left. But other than that, it's supposed to be turned off, you know, put away, and just enjoy your month there. Um, Angus is the guy that she meets while she's there. He is from the small town that she is currently staying in. Um, he's just moved back to that small town, but, like, that's where he grew up. He was a famous soccer star, and he's just recently retired. That's it, you guys. That's literally all I have about this book. And I was nearly halfway through it before I put it aside. You would think I would have more about either character or the story or something to say, but no, that is what you get. That is all I got. And the reason that I finally stopped wasn't because anything was necessarily pissing me off. Um, I was just bored. I found myself skimming a lot. I just wasn't excited to pick the book up again. Um, I just was just so bored by it all. And it just wasn't giving me anything. I didn't care about her. I didn't care about him. I didn't care about the story. 
And I could have pushed through and just finished this, but I just finally went, no, nope, nope. You do that too many times. It's just, you're not enjoying it. You're not excited about it. Just DNF it and move on to something that will excite you. So that's what I'm finally doing. I'm just, I'm leaving it there and I'm returning it to the library and then I'm moving on. Um, I honestly don't know that I'll ever go back either to this book or to finish the series because I have a feeling that if I was bored with this, I think that would probably be I'd be bored with any of the books in this series or maybe even any book written by this author. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not a possibility in the future sometime that I might try another by her, but the way it's looking, I'm I'm not, I don't think so. I don't think so. My library has the other ones, but I, I couldn't get through this one. It was just more more trouble than it was worth. And I don't have, you know, many of us, we wish we could read all day. I don't have that much reading time in a day. So when I'm reading, I would like it to be something that I'm enjoying, or at least if it's going to piss me off, something that I can rant about later. But when I'm just bored by it, then why am I wasting my time, my precious, precious time? So no, no, moving on. Um, so for the weekend, or at least, you know, for the next couple days, who knows, maybe I'll finish this Maybe I'll finish this tomorrow or something. Um, but anyway, I am starting Bad For Her by Christy um, Barth, which comes out on the 3rd. Um, I just barely started. I'm not very far in. But the hero is in witness protection with his two brothers. Um, their family was part of the Chicago mob, and some sort of shit went down, and they have to go into hiding. Um, they have been to two other places and you know in hiding and things came up where it was compromised and so this is the third place that they just got moved to a small town in Oregon and he comes across um he comes across the heroine who's on the side of the road needing to um fix her flat tire of course he stops to help her the heroine is a doctor um who lives there um like she grew up there and she went away to do schooling and whatever and she's just recently come back as well so, yeah, that's like literally as far as I've gotten this morning over my morning cup of coffee. But I have high hopes for this one. Um, I've enjoyed Barth's, uh, excuse me, I've enjoyed Barth's books before. Um, so I think this one will probably turn out pretty good. And that cover, look at that cover. That's a, that's a great cover. In fact, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure I used that one for a lusting for covers recently. And for my current audiobook... I'm reading What You Need by Lorelai James. Um, I'm almost in with this one as well. I'm like 75% in. And it's okay. Um, I have some things to complain about next week. There's some things that, you know, I've liked, but I don't know. Overall, overall, I think this one probably will be another kind of middle-of-the-road um, rating for me. But we'll get into that next week when I'm fully done with it and can think about things. Um, I'm not sure what audiobook I'll pick up after that because I'm waiting on some library holds. Like, literally, I am first in line on, like, three holds. And you know, you know that if I go and find an audiobook that's, you know, currently available for me to borrow, the minute that I start that one, all three of those holds will come in. All at once. All of them. You know that's going to happen. You also know, though, that if I do not pick a new um, audio or yeah, an audiobook, and I just wait for those holds to come in. That by this time next week, I'll be back here going, Well, I'm still waiting for those three holds that I'm number one on to come in. I can't win for losing, right? But you know that's how it works, or at least that's how it works for me. Maybe you have better luck, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm maybe I'll end up picking up something, or maybe I'll just work on trying to catch up with some other podcasts that I listen to. We'll see. Um, but 
that is it. That was my entire reading week. And, you know, me blabbering again and rambling and... <sighs> that's that's what you get into, I guess, with when you signed up or subscribed or at least clicked on to listen to this. Hi, welcome. This is what I do on Fridays. You guys listen to it on Saturdays. Anyway, so tell me in the comments on Twitter, Facebook... Tumblr, no, not Tumblr. Well, you could. I do post it there. Um, Instagram, I do post it there as well. Anyway, tell me, what are you reading for the weekend? Um, is it something good? Is it something that you're loving or hating? Or tell us about something that you read during the week, good or bad. Just let us know. Let's talk about all the books, okay? All of them. Um, and a reminder to the authors that are listening, um, if you're curious about Ad Space. Get a hold of me, contact me. You can find it on the contact tab on the website. Um, my email is like right there. You can even find out more about the ads itself. I don't really have pricing listed on that page. Get a hold of me and we'll talk about it. But um, yeah, you know what to do. And I think that is it. I will leave you guys there. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Again, if you are in any of the areas being um, impacted by the storms and the hurricanes, and the earthquakes. My heart truly goes out to you. I hope you stay safe. I hope your family is safe. And I really hope that Mother Nature decides to get her shit together really damn soon because this is crazy. This is just crazy, crazy. Um, and I hope you can find, you know, a little bit of escape in this podcast, in another podcast, in Romance Landy in general, or in an awesome book. So I'm wishing you the best of uh, reading for the weekend, and I will see you guys all next week. Until then, enjoy.